The following is a reflection on the readings for the Feast of the Chair of St. Peter the Apostle. The first reading is taken from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1-4. to The responsorial is Psalm 23, and the Gospel is Matthew chapter 16, verses 13-19. to The Universal Church celebrates today the Feast of the Chair of Peter, which recalls the primacy of Peter as head of the Apostles, and in particular the teaching authority of all the popes who are his successors. The term Chair of Peter goes back to the early years of the Church, where the presiding bishop would teach literally sitting in his official chair facing the people. Over time, this expression would come to symbolize more the infallible authority of the Pope when teaching definitively on matters of faith and morals ex cathedra. Ex cathedra is Latin for from the chair. This infallible or free from error teaching authority derives from today's Gospel reading, where Peter declares Jesus to be the Messiah, the Christ. What is interesting is that when Jesus asked the apostles at the time, Who do people say that I am? Peter did not confer with the other apostles, but inspired by the Father said, You are the Christ. So based on this, Jesus tells Peter that he is the rock upon which the church will be built, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, and then gives to Peter the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and with it binding authority in matters of salvation. Quote, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. End of quote. In essence, God from heaven will confirm the Pope's judgment, that is, in his capacity of supreme doctor of the faith, the Pope is preserved from error when speaking from the chair ex cathedra definitively on a matter of faith or morals. Another important biblical foundation is John chapter 21, verses 15 to 17, and Luke chapter 22, verse 32, where Jesus tells Peter to tend my sheep, feed my sheep, and strengthen your brethren. Vatican II put it this way, that this infallibility is, quote, a charism the Pope enjoys in virtue of his office, when as the supreme shepherd and teacher of all the faithful, who confirm his brethren in the faith, proclaims by a definitive act some doctrine of faith and morals. Therefore his definitions of themselves, and not from the consent of the Church, are justly held irreformable, for they are pronounced with the assistance of the Holy Spirit, an assistance promised to him in blessed Peter. End of quote. What this doctrine of papal infallibility does not do is help the Pope know what is true in a positive sense, or when to teach it, or how to phrase it in the best possible way, nor does it permit him to present new revelation. Rather, it prevents him from definitively teaching on a matter of faith and morals something that is false. Nor does this doctrine guarantee that the Pope is impeccable, that is, incapable of sin. Nor does it mean that the Holy Father's private opinions on matters of discipline or even theological teachings on lesser matters enjoy the same degree of infallibility. The Church celebrates this feast because the charism of infallibility is a great gift from God for the sake of the Church and all of us. It provides us a sense of security, that we are not on our own, 
left to ourselves to figure out our path to eternal life. But God, in His loving providence, has provided us a sure foundation of truth in matters pertaining to salvation. The Church also celebrates this feast because the chair of Peter is a great gift of unity for the people of God, that there is a final authority given to us by God in matters critical to the faith. This is one of the reasons why the gates of hell will not prevail, because it is the Holy Spirit that guides the Pope in his infallible teaching, and certainly all the bishops who teach in union with him. This is why the Catholic Church has not splintered into the many denominations of the Protestant world over doctrinal issues that they cannot agree on, and why the conflicting national loyalties that divide the Orthodox world do not cause the several rites in the Catholic Church to reject unity with Rome. One final point brought out by St. Peter himself in the first reading that is applicable to anyone who exercises any kind of authority, whether pope, bishop, priest, deacon, lay ecclesial minister, or as a parent raising children. Authority must always be exercised out of service and in love. It is not to be lorded over someone in a high-handed manner. St. Peter makes this point because he himself had witnessed the life of Jesus, who certainly taught with authority, and yet, as the good shepherd, suffered willingly and gave up his life for the flock. This is why the Pope is called the servant of the servants of God, and why we are all called as imitators of Christ to do likewise. So we thank God for his loving wisdom in guiding the church through the Pope and the bishops and ultimately through all who are open to the Holy Spirit moving in their lives. We pray that we would imitate the suffering Christ in humility as we serve one another in love.